Loyal listeners, if you ever wanted to get this podcast ad-free, you can do so, as well as get some additional bonus content written by me over at patreon.com slash ndtext. You can join new subscribers for this month, Chris W. Clearwall, Mike J., as well as other longtime patrons, Stephen S., Catherine M., Fitter, Joe S., Jude S., and Father Soren. Again, you can join them by heading over to patreon.com slash ndtext, toss in just a buck a month or more, if you so wish, to help fund our little creative content and get some little bonus stuff for yourself. Thanks again for listening. Welcome to another edition of the HLS Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. And as always, you can subscribe to this little podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure you get those follows going over at twitch.tv, Her Loyal Sons. The Sim is rapidly approaching. And of course, you can join us at Discord. That is our live chat channel, herloyalsons.com slash Discord. You can always find us at our home at HerLoyalSons.com. With all that said, time to bring in Shane. Shane, how are you doing, my friend? Good. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm riding a high. I got some, got some interesting and very positive news this week. Oh, stuff we could yeah. share or stuff that has to be uh, held back? Nope, stuff we can share and will we'll be shared on social media services by the time this podcast posts. My wife and I are expecting our first baby. Oh, well, that's right. Well, that is absolutely awesome. Congrats, Shane. Too cool. Thank you. Uh, jo- joining the ranks of sleepy dads everywhere very, very yep. soon. So this is yep. this will be your last football season of of normalcy. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Yep. That I, that I, that I'll ever be able to, I guess, have active memories of. Yes. All right. Well, that is awesome. So we're actually going to get back into some Notre Dame football chat as well. Uh, finally, uh, the, the conference realignment still exploding, but there's no more we can discuss there in a podcast episode. We're finally going to do the episode that has been like two weeks coming or two episodes coming three weeks because I had work stuff going on. We're finally going to talk about national preview perspectives. The magazines have been out for a while. Uh, Bill Conley has his supuse as Eddie likes to call it out and uh, has the full preview we'll let you know and i'm sure you know what he's already said about the irish most of these people listening because it's been out forever and we'll talk about what old vegas thinks about the irish win total so we'll do that and uh next week uh shannon and i will actually preview the schedule plus we have some news about uh this season for hls so make sure Mm -hmm. you tune in next week tell people to tune in next week and I'm sitting here looking at the calendar, and if I'm doing my math right, Shane, uh, next week the calendar turns into August, and then we have two more episodes until we start doing the sim thing. If I if yeah, I'm calculating man. this right, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, it's, it's so fast. It is. It is coming fast and furious. I can't wait to get started. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. Uh, we always we've always liked taking the national look at things because more so that we know Notre Dame's not in a bubble. It's something that her little sons and this show in particular has done. Try to look at things, you know, try try not to be as insular as we can be. So mm. I actually got really into. I'm excited for this season to happen. I am. I got three magazines sitting in front of me. I got nice. Athlon Sports College Preview. I got Lindy Sports Preview, a good old feel steal. Literally, in hard copy, went to actual Barnes & Noble to find these things. Wow. Uh, I, I walked into a store to buy physical goods. Unbelievable in this day and age. Wow. So we're, we're going to talk about it. Now, uh, Phil Steele has probably the most positive outlook, and, and we'll talk mm. specifically of what he says a little bit later. Uh, but the other two, Athlon and Lindy, 
uh, were very interesting in, in where they have the Irish. Both of them, in their previews, have the following conclusion. This is a really good team that's replacing a lot. The schedule is good, but not deadly as it has been in previous years, especially last year where they had to face Clemson, not once but twice. Uh, so all that said, with all the changes going around, a big shrug, probably 10-2 and two in a New Year's Six Bowl. But here's the interesting part, even with that projection. Lindy has Notre Dame coming in at 11. Athlon has Notre Dame coming in at 12. Now, granted, they both believe that there's a chance for a New Year's Six, but they both have Notre Dame landing outside the top 10. Now... Here's the really interesting part in this whole thing, because these magazines don't really list where they think these losses are coming from. Hmm. However, I think we maybe can figure it out based on these two rankings. Cincinnati is ranked number eight in both of these magazines. Eight. Hmm. After losing their defensive coordinator and losing Hmm. some uh, senior leadership on their team as well. North Carolina is ranked number 10 in Athlon, number 9 in Lindy, and this is after they have lost basically their entire running attack. Both of Mm. these magazines very, very high on Sam Howell. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure Athlon has it broken down, or Lindy, they they had him as their second best quarterback behind Spencer Rattler. Uh, That's pretty much where everybody's looking. It's like, hey, Sam Howell, Mac Brown, they're they're just going to lead the way. Um, I'm guessing that's where these two losses are coming from. Wisconsin's ranked 13 in Lindy. Uh, They have Wisconsin as number 13 just behind Notre Dame and Athlon. So I I guess that's where those two losses are coming from there. Or maybe they think Notre Dame wins one of those three and drops the other two. But I'm struck by two things. And it's really Cincinnati and North Carolina. Um, and, and more so North Carolina, because Cincinnati is a good team. And they, even though they have lost Marcus Freeman, his fingerprints are still going to be all over that program. There's still his guys there. And we know how well he recruits now. We've seen it. So he's going to have some studs over there. But, man, I, 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 just, I just don't see them being a number eight threat. North Carolina, I, I'm scratching my head on that one. Now, I mean, Sam, they could put up points, but... When they had better weapons, we saw what Notre Dame did to them. And that doesn't scream a team that it should be ranked so high. I, I mean, what's your take on that, Shane? I, I I mean, my take on this is these two magazines seem to place uh, a sizable premium on what they, what they perceive to be the known commodities that returning quarterbacks provide for programs that they felt that were at least viewed as or performed at whatever you could describe 2020 as uh, being representative of at the top 25 level. So yeah, Cincinnati lost uh, Marcus Freeman to Notre Dame, uh, you know, I mean, LOL, but I mean, I guess they're, they're assuming that Desmond Ritter was a lot of the engineer behind some of their success. I mean, sure. I, I, that That's probably part of it. I think if you were to put a gun to anyone's head, they'd probably say that Cincinnati's success was primarily engineered by its defense last season. So, you know, ergo Marcus Freeman departing, meaning a little bit more than I think you would understand. But sure, yeah, his his players are still going to be there. Their, their philosophies are still going to be, you know, part of their their makeup, their 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 mindset. So, come October second in, in South Bend, it's going to be a game. But North Carolina, I mean, it's pretty much to me this stinks and i say stinks because i really just don't like it it has the stink of everybody echo chambering themselves into the same kind of like narrative oh let's all let's all be in early and often on the sam howell (laughs) first round pick hype train like that's essentially what it feels like is happening here because you know you you normally it's pretty easy to look at a notre dame schedule and be like okay yeah check out this marquee matchup between this marquee fucking player and whatever Notre Dame has going on. Or check out, you know, this this uh, this game in this stadium where Notre Dame has not won in the past 20 years. There's usually an easy, low-hanging fruit narrative. But it feels like because of the way this season shook out, the only real three things to hit on, which is really what's engineering this discussion, is 
Sam Howell in North Carolina, uh, Cincinnati, question mark, question mark, question mark, and Noe and Book? Who this? You know, that's really all they got. Yeah, and that that's really where it almost feels like a bet hedge is what it feels like. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head that returning quarterbacks, as they should, have a premium when you're trying to do these projections. I mean, if you go outside the Notre Dame schedule, Spencer Rattler, obviously Oklahoma seems to churn out highs with quality QBs like it's nobody's business. So why not see Spencer Rattler who showed something? Hey, now he's got more time to develop. Uh, and, and let's just see what happens from there. But, yeah, it's, so I can see where that logic comes from. But, man, I just keep coming back to the actual results, man. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things to where uh, it's not necessarily that I don't think Sam Howell is that good, but Sam Howell is not good enough, at least from what we saw last season, to carry North Carolina to a top 10 ranking. I mean, let, mm-hmm. let's not forget Kyle Hamilton knocked himself out of the game <laughs> against yeah. North Carolina. And so yeah. a Kyle Hamilton-less defense mm-hmm. basically was facing North Carolina, and, and Notre Dame embarrassed them. I mean, just flat out Clark. embarrassed them. So that's that's where I scratch my head because the rushing attack, I mean, that's, that's a huge, huge missing part of this equation. So I, I'm really um, trying to figure out where the offense is actually going to come from there, I, I think now that Sam Howell's not a secret, it feels very much like Mac Brown has a team overrated, and here we go again. Mm. And I think Texas fans are pretty familiar with that feeling. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. I, I, you know, the the funny thing is, like, we're talking about North Carolina and Cincinnati as probably the glaring. Uh, potentials uh if you look at the schedule just because the schedule feels weirdly thin i'm not i'm not i'm sorry but i'm not i've never i never have been never will be willing to overlook usc even you know given recent history like i you know it's just usc and their wide receiving core you know i i listened to rake's recent fucking looking into the usc program and all i can think about is i'm preparing for you know PTSD over the name Drake London. I'm, I'm pretty sure that name is going to ruin some of our days this season, or at least make the 23rd of October suck for a good period of time. But you know, like, yeah, it, it, it North Carolina's rushing attack missing, Cincinnati's you know big you know per, I mean their 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 big hat to hang on is Desmond Ritter and you know a, a defense that now kind of has to show that they still got what it takes essentially i mean we're still talking about cincinnati here you know it's it we're, we're not talking about an established power we're talking about a team that literally visits the mountaintop for a season every 10 to 15 years and then you know goes through a cycle so you know we'll see what we make of it but it's just like yeah i i just don't know that there's enough you know, for all the things they have coming back that uh, any writer, any magazine can feel more confident in ranking these two teams higher. You know, Notre Dame equally has a lot of uncertainty that I feel like counterbalances that, that, that you know, that, that could play against expectations. I, I feel like you and, and Phil are uh, almost simpatico in, in your mentals here uh, because hmm. Athlon uh, has SC at 18 Lindy at 22, but Mr. Steele at 13 as yeah. SC. That's one spot right behind North Carolina. So, I, I mean, and then if you look at it in that lens, it's like, yeah, look, you got Sam Howell over at North Carolina that could potentially pull some of his talent upward. And then you mm-hmm. have just tons of talent at Southern Cal that's just really waiting for a coach to actually do something with it. And fortunately yeah. for us, that coach is not there. So hopefully that, that remains the case forever and Clay Hilton never leaves. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's almost funny how in this schedule, at least when I'm looking at this, these magazines, some of the games that, you know, we kind of have circled on our calendar, typically, especially like SC, it is almost being like a, a second thought, which is very weird. To, to actually yeah. kind of preview a Notre Dame schedule and say, oh, you really got to look out for that Cincinnati team. I mean, for, forget about those Southern Cal guys. It's Cincinnati you really got to worry about. It's weird. a weird world we live in. Yeah, 
Yeah, to not even to not even like include Wisconsin in the for opening sentence breath about Notre Dame's schedule this season feels uh, a little bit disrespectful. You know what I mean? Like I, I just not that I, not that Wisconsin is this powerhouse. I think thirteenth. If if you were to if you were to just look up the number thirteen team in the nation, the definition of that phrase, I feel like every year you'd see a Wisconsin picture. It's just like that's just like the perfect. <laughs> The perfect sweet spot that they love to live in is just that, like, hey, you just don't come to our house and fuck with us. We will make you pay for it. We're not great, but don't fuck with us in our house. That's really all it is. It's like, yeah. thank that's, God that's we get them in Chicago and not exactly. <laughs> that's kind. Of, that's kind of why I why I feel Wisconsin is getting overlooked is because you know Soldier F- Soldier Field, you know, historically in terms of grass is horrifying. You know, <laughs> uh, 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 so horrifying um, the Bears are trying to leave. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm sure that that permeates deeply enough in the football subculture and in everyone's subconscious that like people just look at that game and say like I'm not even going to watch it, so I don't care what happens in it. Wisconsin's probably going to lose. Who cares? But I, I, it's still Wisconsin. I, I, I'm just saying like there, it, it just feels like in with the in in the presence of a void, like the 2021 schedule. You know, with with really the only uh, outside uh, perennial marquee threat of recent memory, Florida State being an absolute bed shitter right now. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, it feels like the media is left. I don't know, like trying to make mountains out of frankly what look like fucking molehills on on the schedule. Yeah, and, and then the the bye week thing comes up. If if there's one <sighs> thing I know uh, people don't like, uh, how steel like crams everything in here but i actually love it so i don't have to flip pages around his yeah so uh i'm able to see here because i'm actually a notre dame's uh preview uh he lists when teams have a buy before they face you know a team and that's always something that comes up it's like oh okay well where are we gonna get screwed and buys this year from the acc mm-hmm. uh well it's not just the acc it's it's pretty much everybody uh wisconsin has a buy the previous week Cincinnati and coming up this is the following week Cincinnati bye Virginia Uh Tech has a bye Uh SC both teams have a bye and we're going consecutively I haven't stopped on the schedule yet Uh North Carolina bye then we have Navy and Virginia has a bye I mean that's that's I can see that also being somewhere where you know somebody's saying oh yeah that's a that's a lot of back-to-back the meat of the schedule is is all kind of right there and um you have you know the neutral at wisconsin home at cincinnati then on the road at virginia tech and then home 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 road home road uh, to end the season out so it's not i mean the schedule actually it, it's tough i mean everybody's kind of right in the middle of the buys and hey good for them to make sure they could squeeze Notre Dame right after their bye. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's also a sign of respect too. It's like, Hey, if we're going to fuck around with Notre Dame, we better prep for this shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's you can, you can take it however you want. I mean, this is a losing point every fucking season. You know, there's, there's never been, I can't think of a, of a schedule in recent memory where I've been like, ah, thank goodness the bye fell on that fucking week. No, I really don't. Uh, and, and as far as other teams getting buys, like it's we've been we've been getting slow cooked. We've get, we've been getting you know crockpotted into this shit, you know, over the past couple of seasons. You know, they've been doing hey, first it was three teams in a row, and then oh, hey, this season that's that four teams in a row. Whoa, hey, what the heck, guys? Five teams in a row this season. Hey, I'm a little upset because it's six teams in a row, seven teams in a row. These guys, <laughs> you know, it, it's just. They've How been did building the whole schedule have a buy beforehand, right? <laughs> right. Now, like, yeah. but, but, but to me, the thing is like when that's the case with every team, like just assume that's the case with everybody. Period. I mean, even if you're if you're gonna look at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven teams on this schedule in a row, like what's the point of even factoring in the existence of the bye week? And, you know, and, and if I if I'm if I'm looking at this from the coaching perspective, right? At least like the coaches. Um, point of view anything that's a a bye week in my opinion like in the first i don't know six weeks of the season like you kind of blew it in my opinion you blew your load early because that's like you you, the season has yet to do its damage to your to most teams that's a great point you know great point (laughs) there hasn't been a lot we don't know about most of the teams yet 
You know, so Wisconsin getting theirs in week three, go ham. Cincinnati, you want to get a, a bye week before, you know, your five, your, your week, what is probably their week four, our week five home game, go, you know, you know, do you, man. Good luck. You know, get fresh, get healthy. You know, Notre Dame, you know, is probably doing Virginia Tech a courtesy by letting them have their fucking bye week before them coming to town. You know, Notre Dame gets a shared bye week with really the only one that, like, that's that would have stung the most painfully, which is that you know the SC game, and then the following with North Carolina. At the very least, it's a home game. Like, and, and you know, it's not. Right. At, 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 you know, it could be a, it could be a fucking road game, and that could be much worse. Navy, you know, courtesy, you know, Navy, you know, they're just on the schedule. Poor bastards this season. And then Virginia, I think, is lumped into a similar category as Virginia Tech. So it's like it's not. It's not an earth-shattering landscape. Is the is really what my, my point is? Like, yes, it is fucking annoying, conceptually and in, in terms of a principle. It just feels like why the fuck you know do you know, our schedule is so particular and yet there's never any complaint or never any problem with with you know ninety five percent of Notre Dame's opponents having week by weeks consecutively you know on the schedule. But in this particular case, like. I don't give a fuck, man. Like the, the teams, most most of the time, Notre Dame's opponent is going to be the one that needs it more. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, and I, I'm just wondering how much that gets factored into all these formulas and whatnot of of figuring things out as far as trying to project losses going into the future. Mm. Uh, but yeah, at this point, I think Notre Dame's just used to it. I, I don't even. It's like, oh, okay, it's happening. Like you said, it's it's just another side note. Uh, but yeah, it is interesting that Wisconsin and Cincinnati, two teams that are, you know, that we've highlighted are probably, you know, some of the tougher games doing their buys very early. You may still not have fully gelled as a team at that point or really you. hit your stride. Uh, I remember even 2020, the way the everything was so staggered and then we had the COVID cancellation. You could tell we were rusty because we were not used to having, and and I mean we as a Notre Dame, having those bye weeks so early in the season. Mm -hmm. And you could tell the team looked off. So maybe that actually does play in our advantage. And Notre Dame beautifully splitting the schedule in half with theirs. So it's perfect timing. And right before I see if that. Well, yeah, I, I just think about 2014, man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can look fine. You can look fine for half a season, and then the fucking all the wheels can come right the fuck off. So I'm just, and you it's never like know. You, you hit a skid, and you can never stop. Yeah, like imagine. Yeah. I, I mean, especially for these teams, like say you're Wisconsin and Cincinnati, and you you drop a rough game to the Irish, you get punched in the mouth real hard. Now you, <laughs> now you got no break. Now you just gotta dude, go. Dude, 2014 <laughs> was the bye. The bye week was when we died. That was what happened. We lost to Florida State. The following week was a bye, and then we won the next game and never saw W again. That that's it. Like it, it can it can make or break the the the, the tenor, the trajectory. Like you never know. And, and having it early, it to me doesn't for the way this sport, the the I guess the toll and the the schedule of the toll on the body of this sport. Dude, having it in the the third week is like, I mean, what's the point? What's the point? Right. All right. And, and before we get moving into Vegas and, and Mr. Bill C's uh, national takes, here here's a little bit of sugar at, at the very end of this, and this comes from Mr. Steele saying that the Irish. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase. I'm not going to read word for word. You don't need to hear a whole paragraph. Uh, mm. Saying they face the number twenty three toughest schedule saying all 12 teams that they're facing are capable of making a bowl, but that they are a talented team Notre Dame is that can win each game, and they'll likely be favored, you know, Vegas-wise and all of them as well. Uh, He says while most of his – he's got multiple power rankings. He says most of them forecast either one loss or two. His main set that he depends on as far as his power rankings when he keeps, Mm -hmm. you know, doing this stuff for his website – has the Irish going 12 and 0? Now, that hmm. to me is a little wild and maybe hmm. a little bit too wild if I try to like take the deep breath, you know, not I, I'm getting full into the game. Yeah, we're going to kick everybody's ass that comes at us. But if you told me anybody outside the Notre Dame sphere is saying 12 and 0, I'll be like, wait, what? I mean, mm. we we got to drop one of these games, but but Shane, like you've said, and, and we'll talk about it in more detail next week. When you look at the schedule, 
if you could survive some of these potential pitfalls, Notre Dame has built themselves into an extremely talented program. And I think, you know, whatever Phil played into his computer is recognizing that despite the fact of how much they lost in terms of returning starters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not it's not the same product as last season. Like, let's be clear, you know, it's not the survival rate is perhaps not the ceiling of uh, on it is not as high perhaps this season. But I, neither is you know neither is the the the, the, the I guess the chan- the, the mortality rate you know, right. in this case. Like it's this the the schedule itself looks much less lethal than even something like last season where you know. Oddly, Louisville was, you know, challenging, but, you know, North Carolina was a proven 13. Notre Dame beat Clemson. You know, Boston College is on the rise. We don't, you know, we, don't, we avoid that fucking bullet train that looks like an, an, an immense trap game now you know, on the schedule. It just looks like there are just fewer, uh, you know, landmines right. to, 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 be, to be sitting there staring at the ground worrying about. Like, yeah, Florida State... You know, it's in Doe Campbell and all that shit, but it's like, look at Florida State. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're kind of a fucking mess. <laughs> they're kind of a disaster. You know, then you look at Toledo. It's easy to overlook Toledo. You know, some of us still remember the Tulsa loss when you know, and so that's never, that's never just. Yeah, thank put God to bed. we never got used to that. <laughs> thank right, God. right. That BK right. comment died a horrible death. I know, uh, Jesus Christ. But there, but there I is just a, like, I mean, ahead. I'm sorry. Just it's just like then you look at like a team like. There are write-offs almost. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but Purdue and Navy in, in 2021, uh, you know, let me know when it's over. Same thing, honestly, kind of with Stanford. I may not even I, – I, it depends on how, how those games go. But, you know, by halftime, that shit may be a wrap. Like, it, it's really like looking at the the ones where you kind of have to take his, history into account, Wisconsin, uh, and then, you know, the always I don't like this feeling, USC – and then now it's the national narratives, the UNC and Cincinnati. Right. The rest kind of just feel like, no. Nah, I mean, I, I, am sure, you know, there's a superstition about the sport about eating your words, but like those, the, the rest of the games feel like foregone conclusions. Yeah, and and one more thing uh, before we hit break here, um, you know, obviously the big storyline: Notre Dame loses a lot of production, and um, Phil Steele does the an NCAA experience chart, basically the rankings of, you know, hey, num- my number one ranking is like retarding damn near everybody. And mm-hmm. at 130, they've lost. They're basically doing a wholesale change. Notre mm-hmm. Dame is 128 out of 130 in that list. Wow. The two teams below them at the dead bottom of this is Northwestern, a team nobody's expecting good things from. Hmm. But here's here's the point I want to make at 129. Is Ohio State? Is anybody yes. having a conversation about how Ohio State is going to bounce back and, and field a team that's going to be anything but a playoff contender? No, exactly. I mean, no, Alabama's that's a, that's one, just an assumption. Alabama's one twenty-four. Now, of course, yeah. we we know how they recruit and they hmm. fill in gaps. Clemson's one fifteen. And the team that said they wanted to be in the playoffs instead of us, Texas A&M, is 111. So the point is, is that Notre Dame is starting to hit the rarefied air of teams that could just lose a whole lot. And then at the end of the day, they'll say, oh, they might be rebuilding New Year's Six or playoff. That's kind yeah. of crazy in my mind. Yeah, I, it, uh, I think the problem happening and, I, I, you know, just kind of in listening to some of these other uh uh, podcasts that cover the sport and just you know, we there are a lot of traps that that get fallen into a lot. And the one the thing about Ohio State and it is that the phenomenon stems from this trap, which is you see a new coach plug right into a uh, top tier program, and it's very easy to then you know after a year or two, especially. It's easy to forget how they got there and start right. to assess. Oh, okay. Well, they they must be the engineers. You know, see my number one example of this is, is look at David Shaw. Okay, when he <laughs> when he took Stanford, you know, from you know when Jim Harbaugh left, which wasn't bad. He left him something to work with. When he took Stanford, that sh- whatever he was doing was working for three, four years. Right, like. 
pretty consistently. They were doing fucking 9-win, 10-win, 11-win seasons. You know, Andrew Luck sparked a fucking wave of success for that program. But then once all the fucking, the roots had, you know, been weeded out of the previous tenure, every, every little trace had left, suddenly he was left to his own devices to start to build something from his perspective without any outside influence or anything to work off of. And now look at the program, like... What the fuck is that program? Like, you know, Stanford is back to <laughs> LOL Stanford. Um, they feel like, you know, the early 2000s Michigan states. Just like, what the, why are they on the schedule? Um, <laughs> but, you know, Ohio State has so many safeguards against, I think, this type of perception just because of the, uh, the gravity. It's like a Jupiter, uh, 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 you know, in the sport, the size of the brand, the expectations, the history, uh, the pedigree—you know, the, the just the recognition and the Urban Meyerness of it all, right? So now Ryan Day takes over, and people are starting to get on the, this fucking uh, Ryan Day top five coach. I mean, it—it's got these weird, the same feelings I used to get about Jimbo Fisher when he had his Florida State shit going. Everyone, oh, he's such a great fucking coach. He's developing quarterbacks, and he's doing such an amazing job. And look what he did with Jameis Winston. He's a fucking guru. And then as soon as the one player he gave half a shit about winning with was gone, he stopped caring too. You know, and it, it, the the veil was was dropped. And I'm not saying a hammer is fitting a drop with, with Ryan Day. But I am saying it's like, let's give the man time to rest full control of his own and do everything. I, I hear he's an amazing recruiter. Like, let's see it. Let's see it continue before we jump on and say like, oh, they're always going to be in the playoff. That's It is Ohio State. It's like, man, they are replacing. I'm sorry, but like, I don't even know their quarterback's name right now. I don't even know who the fuck or, 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 or you know, do I even hear rumblings of their potential? Maxwell Award list, 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 none of that shit. I hear, you know, uh, I, you know, I hear uh, Cincinnati's quarterback. I hear Keaton Slovis and people that you wouldn't. But I don't hear anything about Ohio State. And yet we're just supposed to expect that they're going to stay in the state that they're in. You know, 124 is not nothing. Alabama is one thing. You know, Nick Saban is fairly unquestionable at this stage. But I'm sorry, Ryan Day, I still have doubts. You know, I just don't know. Yeah, and maybe that's it, is that people are this close to giving Brian Kelly that similar credit and i definitely mm. hope we get there well coming up after the break we're gonna talk about uh two entities that give zero shits about giving brian kelly and the irish any credit we'll talk about that right after this Hey, little listeners, if you're looking for something just a little bit different in your Irish merch, why don't you head on over to the HLS store? You can reach it by going to herloyalsons.com slash store. Check out all kinds of different designs for t-shirts, masks, children's apparel, sweatshirts, stickers, magnets, you name it. Our T public stores probably have it. Again, head over to herloyalsons.com slash store. Okay, uh, we're back, and like I said, we're 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 gonna get into the Ramsey part of this. Uh, I think Shay kind of warmed up there with the the Ryan Day <laughs> type mm-hmm. type yeah. talk. Uh, let's start with Vegas because we're we're gonna go now from <laughs> ten and two to a little bit lower, and we're gonna find even lower. Uh, so here here's what Vegas's future alien technology thinks of the season. Uh, the William Hill sports book has put the Irish win total at nine. So basically, mm. if you make a bet and the Irish hit nine, nobody makes any money on either side of the bet. Uh, so that's why they have an interesting number set there. So the Irish have to win 10 to win that bet. And if to lose that bet, you then have the Irish have to go eight and five, which would be an, uh, eight and five, excuse me, eight and four, which would be an absolute fucking disaster. Now, two other books uh, listed here. I'm on VegasInsider.com if you're curious. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, as well as PointsBet, going a little bit more aggressive. They tossed a hook in here, but they tossed the hook on the lower end. They're saying eight and a half, meaning that nine wins can win you a bet. And Shane, and it's funny, I was listening to UHND's podcast too when they were talking about where they would see 
uh, as far as where the Irish could go and and really, you know, talk themselves into uh, it's like, hey, nine and three would really suck this season. And looking at the schedule, I, I have to say it does. So this if anything worries me is that Vegas is saying a season that I say would be garbage would win a bet. That worries me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, man, ooh, yeah, man. I hate, I fucking hate Vegas because, you know, <laughs> because we're trained as humans to believe that there is no possible uh, access to information that can give someone a peek into a true, clear picture of what is to come. And yet, Vegas got some shit in fucking Roswell, New Mexico in the 40s that we just don't fucking... I'm telling you. I, I, You think I'm fucking joking, but a big part of me is not. They know shit that's coming. And when they do this, when it, when it comes to like these lines that are going to get a lot of eyeballs, Notre Dame's win line is an obvious one. Man, to say nine as a you better hit it or you get no money, that tells me that we... Mm. Ah, we we may be we may need to be mentally prepared for some for some really shit fuckery uh, this season because I would after all of the conversation we just had in the first half like I I felt pretty good looking at the schedule like I will slam home hit me with that nine you know go come come for me Fanduel find my address I don't give a fuck might send the checks too right. <laughs> But I mean, there, there's some, there's some pretty high juice on the eight and a half numbers if you're going over. Uh, I mean, it's minus yeah. one thirty five, minus one thirty. But even then, I mean, God, that still feels like such a safe bet to say they'll at least go nine and three, and that screams trap. And on the That's over the problem, and the That's oversight the problem. for William Hill on the the nine, they're begging you to take it. The juice yeah. is on the other end. Son it's at plus bitch. 125. You're getting better. To get the eight? Oh. No, to get to nine. Because it's a nine oh, even. Yeah, you're okay. getting... So basically you're saying it's going to be a 10-win season. If it's nine, I get my money back. They're begging yeah. you to take that number. The underside for them of nine, and we just talked about what the juice was at the other end, is minus 145. And, and to translate that, that means you have to bet $14.50 to get 10 it. bucks. They believe it's going to be eight. They believe even. they are. They are so and buildings Son are tall and shiny. Now, Bet MGM doesn't have anything up here, which is the other book they list. Fuck. But man, I if there's anything that this. worries me, and then I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can, you know, just ha ha ha. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Uh, the problem is they do. They make money this. on this shit every year. When it comes to a program like Notre Dame. Yeah, they make a little bit of adjustments, but usually it's on the other side. It's like daring you to bet the overs, dumb Notre Dame fans with a lot of money. This is that. This is the fucked up part because just this conversation alone has me now genuinely asking: Could they lose at Florida State? Oh no! Like, <laughs> oh god! The podcast. could Mackenzie Milton come out and be fucking RoboCop? You know what I'm saying? Like could. Do they know some shit? You know, did they get some android arthroscopic surgeon involved that Vegas hired or that Vegas referred them to? Like, I just, this is the sad part because, again, they don't fuck around with these numbers. This is their money. So I'm like, it, yeah, now it begs a lot of questions. I'm, I'm, I'm distressed. And this information has ruined my evening. <laughs> uh, well, should I make it even better? Please. Oh, well, well, let's let's figure out what better actually means, because now we're going to yeah. go into the supplus. We're, oh. we're going to talk about Bill I C. Bill man. OK, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear the Bill man first. No, I was just going to say, man, like just just right at the first the first sentence of your of your preview each season is I think Notre Dame sucks. Fuck you all for, for disagreeing. <laughs> just. I don't care. Like I don't care about Mizzou. Like you know, I think it's hilarious that they're in the SEC. Like high five, bro. You fucking you snuck in. Yeah, good job for you. But like, I just it's weird to see someone so analytical bias their data so heavily somehow. Like it just like I, 
just tell me. Just just tell us you don't like them, or you know, because you know, saying something like the S and P, hey, it's Notre Dame. It's like, nah, dude, you do too. <laughs> that's why it hates the uh, Notre Dame. So it's just yeah. uh, that's all I. That's all I'm saying. The connections are weird, and I know Rakes. I would love to have a, a deeper conversation one day with Bill C about. Hey, is this because Notre Dame's independent? Because Rakes has engaged with them saying, Yes. I really think this is because we bounce around everybody's conference and everybody else, you know, plays insular and plays each other. So your data is always fucking weird when it comes to Notre Dame on both sides of the coin. Like 2016, mm, 2016, possible. we were absurdly high in the S&P Plus. Now, yeah. I, I know we did have some bad luck on some of that, but also that that was a bad football team. Like we, we kind of deserved what we got there. So it's happened on both sides. Anyway, huh. here's, here's what he has. <sighs> Projected Sapoose rank 25th. Barely making the top 25. Okay. Projected win-loss record. Bill's telling you to bet the under, and it's a safe bet. Because he mm. doesn't just have the Irish at eight wins. He has the Irish at seven and five. Son of a bitch. Seven wow. and five. Now, here's one thing that mm. I, I will give Bill credit for. He shows his work as far as... I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not just throwing 10 and 2 out here into the ether, and I'm mm. just not throwing a win total at you from Vegas. I'll tell you where my formula says these losses are going to happen. Let's have it. I need so, it. I not, okay. Yeah, I'm ready. So we'll, we'll focus on, on the, the losses side. He has uh, two sides to the loss coin. He has likely losses, and the likely loss is to the Badgers. He gives okay. the Irish a 33% win percentage. Wow. Okay. I, I think not outlandish that Wisconsin could be a potential sure. loss, maybe even sure. likely, but a 33% chance to win. That's a, that's a heavy, heavy favorite he's hitting with Wisconsin right now. Preseason. Pretty savage. Okay. I mean, that's that's essentially saying Wisconsin equals two Notre Dames in this case. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It's kind of crazy mm. there. So here are the toss-ups. Uh, we'll, we'll go in reverse order because I think the first ones we've talked about. North Carolina, Notre Dame has a 40% chance to win that. What? Game. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Cincinnati, 44% win chance for Notre Dame. Yeah, that, that one raised an eyebrow too. Huh. Hey, Shane, scared about Southern Cal? Stay scared. 45%. Uh -huh. Win chance. Okay. okay. So just a little less than coin flip. And the last one in this potential five loss scenario at Virginia Tech at 53%, which when I saw that, I'm like, hold on a second. What? Are we talking about the same Virginia Tech team? The same huh. team that the ACC network themselves said, yeah, that game's going to suck. We're putting it on the ACC network. ESPN, ABC, you go pick something else. I what? Yeah, yeah. I'm struggling with this one, man. I mean, okay, maybe, <laughs> may, maybe. Like uh, when you said Wisconsin was the likeliest game, I was like, that that tracks to me. If I again, if I look at this schedule, other than USC, Wisconsin is the one that just doesn't really. They don't really do, uh, you know, dip seasons. They just are what they are. Uh, but. You know, North Carolina. There, I, my my issue that I'm really struggling to live with here is having so little faith in Notre Dame's defense that the questions on their offense override their clear pedigree, their clear potential, their clear like you know returning production. I, that that's really the problem here because I feel it's fair. To look at Notre Dame and like really raise bro, like you know, hit them with the people's eyebrow when you look at their 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 their, their passing <laughs> game, like for sure, for sure, because it's really like, wh who's here? I don't even know any of your fucking names. You know what I mean? But the running game is as gorgeous as it's been in possibly the Brian Kelly era at this point with returning production. The you know tight ends, lol, like just I, I have nothing to say about Michael Mayer. 
Uh, and then, the, you know, the defense doesn't really lose a ton. That's not just to say, oh, because Kyle Hamilton remains in place. They, no, they lost a ton up front in the front, in the front seven. But, you know, the, the secondary has a lot to build off of. And, you know, uh, I, I, I just don't know that I can look around the schedule and look at a team like Virginia Tech with, who is their quarterback? Hendon Hooker still right now? I, mean, I honestly don't know. I, I I'd have to go look in these preseason magazines like, and actually I read just, it. <laughs> I just can't. This would this would spell Notre Dame starting at best three and three, and if not, and at worst, proceeding to win three games and lose five straight. Okay, including against SC off of a bye. Uh, and let's see, one, two, three home games. I hmm. and not only that, I don't know, man. And, and Bill C points it out. He says all of these potential losses that he's projecting all happen in a row. So not only is he projecting seven and five, he's projecting a five-game skid, starting yeah. from Wisconsin and going yeah. all the way to North Carolina. Which I'll just say, if that actually happens. God help my liver, because I will be so deliriously drunk to all hell if that happens. Wow! No, no. If that, I mean, if that, if that happens, you know, it'll be curtains for me by Virginia Tech. Let's just be real, okay? Let's just, let's just. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna say that I'm gonna quit on the season, but like, I will know the next two are coming by the time Notre Dame loses thirteen to ten to Virginia Tech in overtime. You know what I'm saying? Like. That, that to me would be the. Do you need a clearer sign? You know, are are you still are you still uncertain? Are you not yet depressed? Like that's, you know, because again, you you lose one to you lose to Wisconsin. Let's say they beat Florida State, they beat Toledo, they beat Purdue. No hiccups, no concerns, no surprises. You lose to Wisconsin, you you take stock and you go, well, well shit, okay. First and foremost, my first question is Jack Cohn, buddy, you know. <laughs> I mean, you're really gonna let your own team do you like that? Did you stab us in the back, sir? Did you? Yeah. Did you kind of? Did you kind of pass notes across the way to some of your friends there? Yeah. Then you lose to Cincinnati and you let the message boards go alight with how Marcus Freeman is a fucking insider sleeper agent. Blah 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 blah. You know. Okay. So you lose to what had been proven to be a top ten team in the prior season. You know. You 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 look around and you say, wow, this. The offense really, need, you know, needs experienced production players and yada yada. But then you lose to a team like Virginia Tech, and you're like, I thought they were gonna fire their coach this season. What the fuck are we doing here? Like, <laughs> right? And, like, and then you lose to USC, and they're like, they should have fired this coach three seasons ago. What the fuck are we doing here? You know, like, that, they go that, fuck around and lose to Mac Brown. Like, they go oh, lose to Mac Brown, and you'd be like, I mean, he just, uh, yeah, that guy, that guy's an asshole. That 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 would be the thing. It's just like. By then, it's Halloween. You know, the the season has kind of hit its fever pitch. This, you know, the physical seasons change, and like, if by then Notre Dame is three and five, I mean, seasonal affect disorder, you know, be damned. We're all just gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be really, really bleak winter. Yeah, it's it's gonna be rough. So, it's interesting. And then you know, I mean, he goes into his articles like, "Hey, Brian Kelly has built a consistent team." <laughs> It's like, but I project this consistent team to have to just an shit. absolute fucking nosedive. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, it's like, hey, we haven't learned what the floor is, so we're still trying to figure it out. So, I mean, he, he tries to, like, cushion the blow some, somewhat, but it is. Uh-huh. And I, it, it's crazy. And he even says it's like in the last, and again, to your point earlier that, and my point that for some reason his rankings just hate Notre Dame because we've watched objectively good football teams these past few Mm -hmm. seasons. Mm -hmm. It says in 11 seasons, he only has one top 10 finish in his Supluse rankings. One. There's no way. And I know this is forward-looking projection, second-order wins, which means if these teams keep playing over and over – how likely was the win? Did they get lucky? And buddy, I look at this and I'm like, you got to readjust something because this is this is a head scratcher to say the least. Yeah. Because usually at the top, he's he's pretty dead on. I, I I think he's figured it out to where 
his rankings are are good at showing hey these like top tier teams are really god tier and then like past maybe the top five everything else is uh, <laughs> emoji yeah. shrug uh it, yeah it, that's really what it feels like yeah yeah pretty much i mean it just i'm fuck man like I, i'm shook that's all I'm, that's all i can really say at this point it's like not not just not by bill's numbers really it's it's vegas the vegas effect is deep yeah the, the um, vegas one re- really has me shook a little that bit. really is just that's really concerning like i you know you you can you can sit there if you're listening to this and you're you know you don't you don't ascribe to the the true power behind what vegas is capable of like you can you can sit there and say like it's just something that you know it's just probability they run the numbers but trust me there a game like football is so it's it's just like you know it's like universe formation just random fucking collisions left and right shit you know careening in random directions the ball the ball shape is insane you know the the angles are crazy the speed the power like it's so unpredictable that if the t- if if Vegas can do this this consistently you know they have something that's all you really need to, to understand you don't need to know the magic behind it no one fucking does you know you're, you're gonna waste your time trying to make sense of it just know that if vegas comes out and says hey everybody ah oh, notre dame went to the playoff last season that sure was great you know this season shit's looking real soft i'm looking at the schedule oh my god what lol look at this you guys have virginia tech uh oh that's so that's really good it's really chill no clemson i don't see a clemson no miami's oh my god no sec teams this is Killer, you should win about eight and a half games. See you later. I beg. What? <laughs> what did he say? Did he explain? Did anyone catch an explanation? I I would be very very confused. And 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 you should be too. Is the point because that means there's something at play here. Something. Maybe it's the we tried Jack Cohn. We believed in Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn got the yips. Tyler Buckner wasn't ready. It all went to shit. Who knows? But like. Just something's at play here, man. I'm, I'm, and I'm shook. I'm shook by that. Yeah. Well, thankfully, we're going to be able to. Well, we'll talk ourselves back into it. We can get shook, and in about a week, we're going to take our own look at this schedule. We're we're going to go game by game and give some brief thoughts on it. And like I said, we got some news about uh, some things coming down here at HLS as well. So make sure you tune in next week. Oh, yes. It'll be good times, man. We're almost here. Yeah, we're yep. within a month, man. College football is going to kick off soon. We're so going to have the picks pod coming back. We're going to have post game reactions and even special extended episodes over on the Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash text. But until mm. next time, folks, thank you for listening. Keep listening and make sure you subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure you join us over in Discord, our live chat channel, herlittlesons.com slash Discord. Head over to Twitch. Give us that follow over at twitch.tv slash herlittlesons. And of course, you can always find us over at our home at herlittlesons.com. Thank you, y'all. Go Irish. Have a good one. Bye.